Hey everybody, this is John with Ubaldi Reports, the one website that provides fact, not fiction, on issues faced in America, whether globally or domestically. With me is my co-host, Joe Bitz, a retired combat Marine from Iraq, and a fellow Marine, retired, is Ray Krauss. We're going to be discussing, we were going to be discussing how to utilize our elected officials. We may push that over till next week. We decided to change it. Because it seems like the big issue has propped up that is getting some buzz, and that is free speech. I'll say whatever the hell I want, John. And but and that's a question. There's because there's two segments to that. You can support the First Amendment, which mm-hmm. guarantees the right to free speech, but do you support free speech? And that's what's going on. And it seems like all this came to a big head with the buyout or the buying of twitter by elon musk is he just with everybody like no, with the media I, with the government i mean because it seems really on this free speech platform and there's a lot of people who are like i don't like this no but i think i don't think he's messing with people i think he truly believes in a functioning republic which we have or democracy but i mean functionally republican form of government that he firmly believes that free speech. I mean, you can disagree. There's people who disagree with what we say on this podcast, but you have the right to say what you want to say. And when you block somebody or you claim a disinformation or you deplatform somebody because you don't like what they have to say, yeah. let the American people make up their own minds. That's why more and more people have joined Twitter since he bought the company. About 2 million a day. Yeah, 2 million because people want to hear all sides. Now, I can see if someone's advocating violence, that's something different. Yeah. But when you put algorithms in to limit free speech and one of the things or limit what is being reported, case in point was the Hunter Biden story right before the 2020 election. We had a laptop, we had all this information, and they were said it was disinformation, and we're now seeing there was collusion going on. And then two years later, at least in the early spring this year, New York Times and the Washington Post said it wasn't disinformation. Now we have CBS News. No, I think it was an NBC or CBS. One of the news organizations stated, stated that it wasn't disinformation. Our experts authenticated it. And one of the one of them said is, there was so much information, there was no way this could possibly be disinformation. But that was kept from the American public. Well, I mean, we always defer over to like the Hunter Biden thing and how it affected, how it could have affected the election. But I mean, I think we should look more into the future of what this means for free speech and why is like Google or Apple so adamant about trying to shut Twitter and, down. And, it's almost like it looks like it's like just a big old money fight between those companies and Elon Musk. So what's really there? Why is Apple and say Google? Why are they so adamant about stifling make, the speech or what Twitter does? No, but you make a good point. Why is Apple and Google having this all this power to determine what is presented to the American people. What are they afraid of? Are they afraid of that they were colluding? This is speculation where they were colluding with the Democrats. They were doing their bidding. Was there, were they trying to suppress? Because it was ironic. I think it was Facebook. No, it was the, uh, they had the tech companies and one of them was Twitter. And they asked him point blank, when a liberal or a Democratic 
voice or story been squashed and they had they couldn't think of one but you can see it always goes one direction and you have but even okay here's an example you have even reporters who should know about free speech know about the first amendment you have politicos which is a left-leaning uh internet website a guy named sam steins warned musk it's always risky to attack members of congress why is it risky to attack members of Congress? Because are they, is he trying to imply that the Democrats are going to go after you because you decide to put something that they don't like? Yeah. Is, and that's what people need to understand. I got it. We all have our personal views. Is it all about maybe affecting our bottom line? Like their bottom line is to have complete control of, say, not only the government of the country, so that they're willing to... St- do whatever it takes, including eliminating a platform that advocates you could say whatever you want to benefit them. Or is it something more sinister than that? Or do they believe that they know what's best for us? Because you got to remember, during a lot of these issues, you have take the education. You have politicians and you have other people saying, we know what's best for your children. Is, do they believe that we know what's best? You had Maisie Hirona, um, a senator. She even explicitly said it about a year or so ago. People just don't know how smart we are if they would just defer to us. So is that is that the reason? they don't? They, are they so threatened by the average mass of Americans having in more information that they think that they need to limit that information so they can better control us. Wouldn't it be safe to say that majority of Americans, they might be idiots? <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. That is fine. It wouldn't be the only amendment that they're trying to control either because they're very scared about the one after the First Amendment. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you're following a line of government control. They want to control the second. They want to control the first. And it, it, it keeps going on but and on. But it's all the amendments. They want to control... The First Amendment, which guarantees the right of freedom of speech, the right to practice your religion. You notice how they attack others. And we said this, what was it, two weeks ago. Candace Cameron Bure decides to move from the Hallmark Channel because they decided to take a different direction she wasn't comfortable with. So she went over to the Great American Family Channel and someone asked her, are you going to have LGBTQ characters or storylines? And she said, no, we're going to go by traditional family values. And everybody ridiculed for like hate. It goes, how is that hate? She's expressing her religious beliefs. Yeah. And like we said on that podcast, if you don't agree with her stance or her views, turn the channel. There's many channels I don't like. So I don't say ban it. I just say I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to go watch something I want to watch. So I think it's just more I think it's just more sinister that they think that they can control us. So Beach Baby 226 said, for years before social media, many thought government was controlling information before it was released to the public. No, they, they even do that today. Now, they do that today. That's where after the abuses of Vietnam and especially Watergate, that's when they came up with, I think it was in 1974, they passed the Freedom of Information Act, that all these things that you, it should be public knowledge unless the... And this is where it's dubious where they claim national security. But what the government has been doing is 
if you want that movie, you got to pay for it. But they make it so expensive that the average American can't get to that information. So they hide behind the government. We need this information. And then if you want to get it, they make it so expensive that only news organizations, certain groups. Can the government just come in and come into Twitter? Like, I'm shutting you down. Could they do that? No, unless they can. I'm sure there's a law, but no, they can't come in and say we're shutting Twitter down. But what, they, what the government has doing, and you had President Biden and other prominent Democrats state they want the tech companies to do their dirty work, meaning the government can't limit the First Amendment. But what they are doing, they're colluding with the tech companies. That's why there's a lawsuit, and they had, I think there was like 18 federal employees or government officials including two that I can state right now is one is former press secretary to Joseph, I mean, Joseph Biden of Jen Psaki. And one was Anthony Fauci. The federal court ruled that you have to, you can be do a deposition to see were you colluding with the tech companies? And yeah. that was one of the potential investigations that if the, the Republicans, now they control the house. Once they gain the officially power after the new year, will they investigate? Was the media colluding with the White House to suppress stories, and were they helping the White House push a message that violates even their own ethics to be impartial? We saw that in the 2016 election, where certain news outlets would have the Clinton campaign send them information where they would verify or fact check or try to help them get that story to or maximum publicity. You even had some reporters send it the other way meaning they would send stories to the Clinton campaign to vet it, to make sure it met their standards before they published it. So that's a clear, so you're no longer a journalist, you're an activist, and I think you shouldn't have journalistic credibility for doing that. Let's look at a solution. How can we fix it? I mean, how can we, it's not going to happen, like, how can we force these news sources to kind of force their hand to say, to report, to report fair and accurate There's news. There's two ways to do that. One is we're kind of in it now, and that is stop watching their shows, stop reading their publications until they put things that's fair and balanced. Look what happened to MSN and look what happened to CNN. Prior, to, I mean, it was a couple of years ago, Koppel, who used to be the anchor of ABC News, um, was like a night program, like Nightline. He admonished the pre- then president of CNN. He goes, what are you guys going to do when Donald Trump is no longer the president? You've built your whole business model of attacking Donald Trump at every turn. Yeah. You're like even Don Lemon was says we're not a, uh, on CNN. We're not a liberal network. Well, everybody knows they are liberal from top to bottom. Now, people can say Fox News. Yeah, Fox News tends to lean center right, but they have a news division. I look at Brett Baer. I watch his program religiously because I like him because he's fair. I don't know if he's a Republican or a Democrat. He reports the news. He gives the other side as a devil advocate. If someone expresses a different opinion or states an opinion, he always will go to the other side. The second part is Americans need to be a little bit better informed. They need to read a little bit more. And I get in this conversation with my younger brother. He goes, I don't have time like you do. There's really one website that I go to, and that's called Real Clear Politics. And it comes out twice a week, seven days a week, and it has a conservative viewpoint and a liberal viewpoint. And it has all the different tabs from energy 
to policy to whatever it is. Perhaps if you put that in a TikTok, maybe you could get your point across a little bit. Because like people are, you would think the way we consume media, it's like you're a little bit older than maybe Ray and I. So, <laughs> I mean, we consume our media a little bit different where you will read the whole page. I will read maybe a paragraph or two and Ray will look at the headline and kind of a formulate an opinion from there. So <clears throat> if we could maybe somehow adjust the way we're consuming and I mean, you have been doing that. You like you release a TikTok at least three times a week, but also maybe a little that. I mean, maybe something a little bit more concise when it comes to that, because like your brother said, oh, I don't have time to do that. Well, if you can get your point across within the 10 seconds or the 30 seconds of a TikTok, I think you might have a better opportunity of oh, no, like, that's true. I mean, it's everybody can. You're right. Everybody consumes news differently. Some like to read the whole thing. Some people just want to give me a paragraph or highlight it. And then some just read the headlines. The problem is there's some of these issues that we're facing. It's too hard to consume in a little soundbite. But the other problem is you've got political leaders need to be called out on their false reporting. Or, and this is on both sides. It's just like the campaign. The, strangely, it came from them. The Washington Post called out President Bottom and, I mean, excuse me, President Biden, and they put him at the bottom of the Pinocchio side. And what they said is he kept saying, and a lot of the other Democrats say the same thing, that the Republicans want to end Social Security and Medicare. No Republican has ever said that. The closest one was, and it wasn't even said to end Social Security and Medicare, was Senator Rick Scott from Florida. All he said, it needs to be reformed because Social Security is broke by 2031, 32, and Medicare is only solvent until 2025 not that far away well i think maybe okay hold on uh, so beach baby kind of led something here about she said that's the problem you can't get the news out and report it fairly in nuggets and i agree, I agree with I, okay i agree with her but if you maybe have the salesman kind of approach where you kind of you have to almost like your elevator pitch or you hook them in with that first five to ten seconds you, you have them perk their ears and then you kind of you draw them in and you direct them like hey to read more you should check out okay, this website or you okay. should check out this yeah that's a good po point to go to a website to see if they're going to go to that but i agree with what beach baby was saying a lot of these issues are more complex like last yesterday I was talking with my roommate about a certain political topic that was trending on the news, and I was explaining the background of what led up to this, and he was amazed, like, why aren't you on the news? Well, that's what we're trying to do. But we'll it's just like last we will get last week, I was at the pool I swim at, because I do swim laps so I don't get fluffy, and I want to hear how much pie I ate before this podcast. Okay, Slinky. But uh, I was talking with her, and she goes Three to... Three pieces. She goes to the University of Florida. And I was explaining... I was talking about, do you have much student loan debt? We were talking about what major she's going to be, and she wants to use zoology or maybe marine biology. And I go, how much do you think you're going to make? I'm not going to probably make hardly anything, maybe 60000 But I told her of another lifeguard who I swam with, or at least swam at the pool. Yeah. She complained that she wants the student loan debt forgiven. Because, you know, all this other thing. And I tried to and I explained to her 
what got to this point? So I had to go back to 2010 when they passed the Student Affordability Act that nationalized the student loan program. She didn't know all that. So sometimes what Beach Baby said, it's hard to put things in a big issue. Maybe if it's trending right away, it's a little easier. But if you have to des- describe, let's say, like healthcare, you have to explain how did we get to this point. And some of these issues are very complex. And it's hard to put it down to but, a 10-second soundbite. True, but I think there's also people like it's like for Ray and I and even you, like you you get like a little bit of a nugget of something, and it it, it puts you in what they like to call a rabbit hole, where you just yeah, like oh let me look into that, and then this pops up, and you're like oh let me look into that, and then this pops up. So I mean, there is more of an ADHD or even like an ADD kind of mentality. That I think that you could adapt to and getting people more interested Correct. or concerned when it comes to this type of information. But I think the other point is this is where the media, and I know I've said this many times on this podcast, is the media needs to adhere to its own ethics and journalism. I wrote an article about a couple of years ago, and I talked to a friend of mine who follows these trends for his job. And I says, is there some type of Hippocratical oath for journalists like there is for doctors? And yes, it's for this. It's called the Society for Professional Journalists Ethics Code, and it's basically bullet points. And I tried my best. I mean, I'm only human, but I tried my best to adhere to that. The first one it states is stand by the accuracy of your reporting and speed is not an excuse for getting something out without getting your facts right. Like I heard a story as an example of a friend of mine works at the FBI. And you remember a couple of years ago during the Hillary Clinton email scandal, they had cell phones. Well, he had a retired FBI agent say those cell phones were not wiped clean. They were purposely destroyed. But I can't use that. I mean, I say it here, but I have, there was no, that was hearsay information third hand. You can't run with that. But there's many journalists that take. Yeah, well, you're an honest journalist. But John. see, but that's where journalism needs that used to be that way. You take the scandal, okay, last year, where how many news organizations ran with the story that migrants were being whipped at the border on horse by border agents on horseback? Even the reporter. Who was the, the reporter? The photographer was there, took the picture, said that didn't happen. But every news organization ran with it that, as it was fact. Or how about in summer of 2020 when a report came out that Russia paid the Taliban bounty to kill American Marines? There was no evidence to suggest that. The intelligence community found no evidence. General McKenzie, the the general in charge of U.S. Central Command said, I've seen no actionable intelligence. But every news organization ran with it as it was fact, and it even got into the presidential debate. So if news organization put falsehood, they should be held accountable. And maybe it goes back to what's going on with CNN. Their ratings are in the tank because they've been so one-sided that nobody wants to go to them anymore. How is it that, you know, it seems like the journalists and the government so against, like, our First Amendment or our free speech, 
But yeah, as soon as they report something, maybe not entirely. I mean, because my concept would be you want to get somebody to do the right thing. You should. You, there needs to be some repercussion behind that. Well, the only I think. And the thing is, like, there's all there is is you can maybe that person is not a good journalist. And that's the most you can do. Well, I think the other reason, the other way is this. Ratings are, are crucial, and what's going on with CNN, the ratings are plummeting because no one trusts them anymore. They've just been one-sided for so long. But also, I would like to hold, and this may be, may, may be me being maybe naive, but I would like to see other journalists. There are good journalists at the New York Times, the Washington Post, and many other of these organizations. Everybody looks at as very liberal. There are good journalists there. But some of these journalists need to hold their fellow journalists accountable because it's just like during the I'm a huge baseball fan, love baseball. But during the steroid era, everybody knew who was juicing and they allowed it to happen. And by condoning it, you allow this to, to ruin the game. Now, when you look at, OK, take Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge hit what, 62 home runs. Okay, no one is qu nobody's questioning nobody's questioning that he did steroids. But there's people out there who could say he was taking st steroids. Not uh -huh. saying he did because we see the standard is if someone hits this he must be juicing because nobody challenged these players. Nobody did. And it's just the same with journalists, Jur these prominent journalists like Brett Baer and others from other networks need to hold their fellow colleagues. You And that includes the news director and the producers accountable for pushing falsehoods with violating the basic tenets of journalism. I'm going to go with this one because I have a question. Okay. All right. So it's Beach Baby said the stadium seats were full and money was made more to your point about the steroid era. So since it was a hot trending topic, I always look at you follow the money trail no, and you do. and so is there something undercover under all of this that maybe we have to do something as an american people and investigate our where you know what our journalists are actually doing and where are they getting paid to make sure these stories come out and focus on an agenda because we're not getting the full story No, but you make a good point but in the fourth paragraph of the ethics in journalism is to be impartial. Now, remember, Joe asked me a question, I think a month and a half ago, and I'm not going to be sugar. I'm struggling to keep my head above water. Joe asked me, if someone gave you a million dollars by the Republican Party to push their story, would you do it? And I said no. And I would say no, because the fourth element, fourth section in ethics and journalism be impartial. But going to by your point, and I think going where Beach Baby, during the steroid era, because you had the strike in 93, so b baseball took a beating attendance-wise. So this drew people to the game when they saw these prolific home runs. People flocked to the stadium. So everybody was making money. When did but going back, well, yeah. going back to journalists, I would like to see where are you getting your money. And a lot of these news organizations get it from corporate sponsors. So they don't want to upset the apple cart. And I would like to see... Like going back to the original point with the CEO of, was it Tim Cook of Apple? Who is he getting his money from? Where do they get their investors or the, the liberal 
progressives? Are they forcing them because they don't want lawsuits? They don't want to be seen as rich. So they're just going to succumb to the mob? Okay, I think I have an idea. that We have a loophole or something a way around. So if they could somehow put in some legis- legislation ugh, on you can't play, say you can't play or you can't advertise on the news, wouldn't that totally eliminate the fact that if there's no money coming into the news network, they will be more honest because they're trying to avoid. Um, I don't know how you would do that because the news. Well, but like remember, like lawyers couldn't advertise or couldn't couldn't advertise on billboards for the longest time. Well, here in the state of Florida, so you know it's almost like, and the same thing. That's you. A- but you can't advertise cigarettes on TV anymore, yeah. so why can't you eliminate? See, that's one thing. When it comes to the press, that's a slippery slope because the, the it still goes back to the freedom of the press. How the news organizations run, the government usually doesn't take a, a, a hand at it. But also, the other side is, but it's not, you're not violating their free speech. You're just saying but you're, when you're coming in, you're violating the way they get their revenues. A business. Is allowed to somehow make it depends where they get but their money. There used to be news without advertisements way, way back in the they day. Were still, but even back in the day when it was just print newspaper, they still got ads to be on there to be put in their paper. So if we can find another alternative, because it seems well, I would think the other thing is this there are fact checkers, I mean, there's good ones and bad ones, but there are organizations that look at where you get your where your campaign, where you get campaign dollars going it's just like when george stephanopoulos interviewed peter schweitzer who wrote clinton cash he never told his listeners that he donated eighty thousand dollars to the clinton foundation and he was part of a focus group so to me he's no longer a journalist he's an he's an advocate and that's where maybe we need to highlight or showcase where are these journalists are they donating to political causes and campaigns because that means you're tainting yourself one way or the other but it also means people need to watch something else and read something or just listen to maybe you don't have time to listen or time to read this stuff. But when political leaders come out and make statements about they're going to do this or they're not going to do this, if it sounds too good to be true, it's like Bernie Sanders talking about Medicare for all when various reports from even liberal and conservative think tanks said it's going to cost 32 trillion dollars and his taxes would only raise 17 trillion so where's the rest of the 15 coming from so, so here's a question from beach baby aren't there laws about how much a corporation can donate to a candidate or a party no she's correct i'm not sure the official amount don't quote me on this beach baby but i think it's 2500 dollars per election season and election season means the primary, you can only donate so much. And the, the general election, you can donate so much. The problem is what we're coming in is something called dark money, where you can donate to these advocacy groups who then prolifically spend money to both sides. Okay, That's some of the problems where we're getting into. And people can refer to that one Supreme Court uh, case, but you have these this dark money groups where you're not listing where they're, who, who they get their donations from. All right. So and that's a danger that needs to be looked at from both sides. So, John, how can they go ahead and get a hold of you? You can get a hold of us by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. Check our streaming sites at TikTok, 
Instagram, Facebook. Um, what are the other ones? TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter. Twitter. Definitely Twitter now that <laughs> I've been mentioned it. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> so just check us out in TikTok. We're going to try to go back. It depends what's trendy, but it looks like for next Wednesday, we're going to talk about what, how to utilize your elected officials. Yeah. But we're just got to see what's trending. But it looks like if nothing big, it's still the same stuff. We're going to hit that and show you how people, because I've helped a guy who came into the store last couple of days. I helped him. He was homeless. I helped him find housing, and he worked by working through his elected official, was able to get the help he needed for he and his family. And now he's doing much better. I help people get unemployment insurance by working through their state representative. So I just want to ex explore and tell you how to utilize your elected officials so they work for you. You don't work for them. And Ray is a Second Amendment advocate, and he is also a gunsmith and a notary. So how can he get a hold of you, Ray? They can get a hold at me at raymond.ags at gmail.com. And we are currently following a situation that the ATF thinks they have the power to do, which unfortunately our legislatures have given them that power. So we are currently monitoring a pistol brace ban here in the next eight to 10 days. So I could get back with an update next week. All right. And if you want to hear Ray and I on a very more colorful show you can join us on all american gunslingers we're going to be ramping it up come beginning of the new year so and if you want anything about the post office joe can talk to you i don't want to i don't want to talk about that right now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you can get a hold of us check us out we're going to be on tiktok twitch live streaming on all platforms and we will talk to you guys soon all right keep following me bali reports at 7 30 eastern standard time